the Mel Gedroyd Podcast. Well, hello there. Now, this week on our little podcast, we're going to be talking about oh, all sorts of things, including clogs, International Awkward Moments Day, and Bush's life-changing news. Now, listen, if you like a bit of that, then do have a listen to me every Saturday, lunchtime. I'm here from one on Magic. There'll be more chat, great songs thrown in for good measure. Yes, my friends. We've already talked about this. Spring has sprung. Bush, are you feeling it? I think you are. You just did a sort of, what was that, high 10? I was just, getting, ten in, I was just getting into uh, Mike and the Mechanics. Yeah, man. They're back with Andrew Roachford from Roachford what? as the lead singer. What? Can you believe that? But calling themselves, what, Roachford and the Mechanics? No, it's still Mike and the Mechanics. Um, are they touring? They're touring. Are you doing some PR for them? What's, what's, what's going on? No, I was just thinking, if I, if, I, if I was at the front of that gig, I'd throw my hands in the air. Have you ever stage dived? Hang on. Ever? If I, was at the, if I was at the front of that gig, were you at a Mike and the Mechanics gig? Never been to see him live, ever. Okay. Now, stage diving, yes. Have, Have you? you? Never. I, I would love to. But if I was at Mike and the Mechanics, I'd definitely stage dive. Now, hang on a sec. Stage diving is when you're in the crowd and you dive onto the stage. <laughs> or is it if you're in the band and you dive off the stage? You get out of the crowds, <laughs> you get out of the crowds, climb onto the stage. How do you do that? There's too much security. No, you climb up. <gasps> yeah, you climb up and then dive in. Wow. As if, like, the crowds are swimming pools. Brilliant. Now, I would be slightly worried with, with the old stage dive mm-hmm. that you would do it and there'd be nobody there to receive you. That is always the big risk. Isn't it? It is. And do you go backwards? Do you do you jump backwards or do you go forwards? <laughs> well, do you know my friend Jeff? Oh, 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 let's hear it for Jeff. Good old Jeff. Oh. I need to get Jeff around applause. Give Jeff around applause. <laughs> Love Jeff. Come on. Uh, Jeff was the last person I saw of my friend stage dive. What happened? Uh, he lost his car keys, his glasses and one of his shoes. <laughs> and mainly his dignity. And a lot of his dignity. How the heck did he lose a shoe? Oh, what so was I'm, he wearing? A Birkenstock? I think he had, he had um, Converse All-Stars on. How did you delace them? Um, hang on, a low top or a high top? High top. Impossible to lose. I know, how did he lose them? Impossible to lose. No glasses, no car keys as well. It was, you know, the worst thing you can do if you're going to do a stage dive is if you're over, you know, if you get over, say, 35 or 40, you can't stop ta- you know, putting stuff out onto the side like you're going to go for a swim. Yes, yes. And you want to know where everything is. Exactly. It's all being looked after. So which gig was it? This was a, a really heavy rock gig. There was a band called Shellac, who were like a North American heavy punk band. Ooh. And uh, Jeff's never been the same since. I don't think he's ever stage dived since. Do you know what probably happened, re the converse, mm-hmm. was that as he went down, somebody held him by the shoe. Possibly. And then it just came away. But but it must have been unlaced. I mean, deeply unlaced. And what about his car keys? I know. It was. I, I feel Jeff might have been, like, slightly robbed. So, listen... We, we've worked out that Jeff lost his car keys, his shoe, yeah. and other things besides. And his dignity. And so presumably he's never going to stage dive again. No, he's never stage diving again. He said afterwards, that's it, that's me done with stage diving. During that song we just heard that producer Louise has stage dived three times. And she got banished. Yeah, so neither you or so. I have stage dive, Mel. We need to sort that out. Is there a difference, though, between stage diving and crowd surfing? I think there is a difference, isn't there? Oh, right. So I think what Louise was saying is that she got lifted up in, within lifted the crowd. And then passed around like, yeah. a, like a little sort of, you know, empty packet of popcorn. <laughs> like a little sort of, you know, little thing, little plastic yeah. bag. Yeah. That seems a lot less stressful than running and jumping into the crowd, which is what, you know, crowd surfing essentially is. Yeah. 
stage <laughs> diving, which is what stage diving essentially is. Yes. I, I, see, I think I behave a bit too well at gigs. Yeah. I do like to do the old sharp elbow. It's the old uh, bingo wing um, jumble sale manoeuvre. I like to get down to the front. Oh, do you? I like to see what I've purchased. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't want to be caught right at the back, sort of squinting. So I went to a Robert Plant gig not long ago. That's quite rock and roll. Quite rock and roll. Quite rock and roll. Uh, and do you know, amazingly, from the back view, Planty looks as he ever did yeah. in the early days of the Zep. <laughs> It's only when he turns around that things are a bit different. And I'm not saying they're any worse, I'm just saying they're a bit different. <laughs> but he was absolutely marvellous. He did a very, very good gig and I was right at the front. And do you take snacks and stuff with you when always. you go to gigs? Do you? You never know when you're going to get low blood sugar. <laughs> so Mel- I always have a handy snack, a date or something. I love that. Mel at the front eating Murray mints. <laughs> Robert Plant gig. So tragic, mate. I, know, but I stand at the back and my calves get sore. You know when you stand for a long time, oh, do your calves yes. get sore? Yes. I, I don't you know, know what, what to do. You should wear clogs. <laughs> Is that what I should do? Yeah, clogs are brilliant. I mean, and a lot of people who do lots of standing jobs wear clogs. Like, for example, masseurs and masseuses. They just, they just kind of, they just massage the right bits. So if you go to a rock gig in the next month or so, you might see Mel at the front eating dates. Or if you look at the back, I'll be stood there in a pair of clogs. Do you know who wears clogs? And I know this because I passed him in the street and he was wearing a pair of clogs. Brian May. Get out of town. And he looked ruddy marvellous. Oh, wow, that is amazing. He was beclogged in the Notting Hill area. (laughs) Yes, he was. Podcast time, podcast time. Uh, Mel... What have you got? Hang on, what have you got there? I have got a thing I've bought you. Uh, I was in a toy shop with my daughter in the week. Yes. And I saw one of these things. I thought, God, I remember them. I'll get one for Mel. Is is it a Sylvanian family? It's not a Sylvanian family. What is it? A (gasps) fortune teller fish. I remember those. It's like a very thin piece. Yes. thanks, Mel. A very thin piece of, um, what do you call it? Plastic. I mean, what do you call see-through? Plastic. Just plastic. plastic. Cellophane. It's cellophane. Cellophane. It's a red cellophane. Uh-huh. Uh, place fish in palm of the hand and its movements will indicate. <gasps> Let's do it. Let's see what Mel's got going on. So the tail's gone up. It's done a total curl. Tur- that hasn't turned over, has it? Moving head and tail curls up entirely. Yeah. That's what it is. Curls up entirely. Do you know what it is? Says so on the thing. Go on then. Passionate. Oh. Bushy? Hello, tiger. Bushy. See what's going on. Yeah, beware of me because I'm, I'm all, I'm all passions. You never know what I'm going to do next, and it'll be very extreme. Fish on me. So Just... It's done exactly the same thing. Oh, well, Maybe same. it was still reacting to the passion on my palm. It says that I'm passionate as well. Should yeah. we? Oh, flip oh, right over. Flip right over. Oh my god. What does that mean? Please. Oh, it's fallen off. <laughs> It's flipped over and fallen off your hand. Uh, turns over means I'm false. Oh, my God. Oh, bushy. Uh, the worst thing could be for you is if the fish doesn't move, it means you're a dead one. What's that, a dead one? Is that what it says? <laughs> a dead one. A dead one. Bush, are you false? Do you tell falsities? I don't tell false. I try and Falsehoods. be as honest as I possibly can. The weird thing is, this is a kid's toy, right? So, you know, you've got that kind of thing where little kids might put this on their hand and look to have their fortune told. Why is dead one in there? That's a bit harsh, isn't it? That's very, very... They need to get They'd rid of dead really one. They'd be really scared, wouldn't they? Did you do it on your daughter? No, I haven't done it with her yet, but I'm going to change dead one. That. I remember those. That's, That's so, so great. You can't eat it, though, can you? Give it a go. Because I like fortune cookies. I like the taste of them. I nearly got us fortune cookies the other day as Next well. Next time, please, mate. 
Um, let's do some podcasting. Yeah. Come is, on, mate. Come on. Question. Here's a question. Open up our pot of, well, I was going to say truth, but maybe maybe that's not the case, Bush. Mm. Oh, come on now. Come on. Don't believe the fish. Don't believe everything Mr. you read in the fish. Mr. False face. Um, Melanie, uh, thick Hello, or runny custard? <sighs> oh. As long as it doesn't have a frog's blanket, I don't actually mind if it's thick or runny. I would say, you see, I'm a big fan of the canned custard. Really? cold canned custard. Old school. Yes, my friend. Yeah. You know the sort. Like school dinner type custard. The sort that you just blooming open up the can and woof, you can eat it with a spoon. Love that. That's thick. No frog's blanket. Okay. I love a thin, sweet, hot custard yep. as long as there's no frog's blanket, mate. Okay, I'm with if you If there's that. a frog's blanket, I can't be doing anything at all to do with custard. Right. Thick, nay thin. So if you want to... make myself clear? I think, well, I think if you want to... The message from this is if you want to serve Mel custard, you better not walk in here with a frog's blanket. Exactamundo. How about yourself? I think I'm the same as you. The, the, the skin... St- I think in any format, skin on the top of stuff... Oh, it's unbearable. ...is horrible, isn't it? It reminds me of the nuns at school. I have nothing against nuns. I love a nun. But I always associate the frog's blanket with a nun. <laughs> it's quite a sort of nunnish, almost like a sort of headdress. It is, isn't it? It's like a, like a wimple. A, it's it's the it's the wimple of the custard. It certainly is. Lads, I'm about to drop a name drop, okay? Go on, go Prepare on. Prepare yourselves. It's to do with ABBA. Uh, I was in Sweden last year for the Eurovision. Uh-huh. And was sitting in a cafe. Guess who came into the cafe? Oh my word, who? Björn Alveus from Off of ABBA. Wow. And he was really he was very smiley. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Motivational for us. Yeah, Bushes. Red letter day. Boom. Bushy. Poom. Pam. Pom. What day is it today? One more. <laughs> uh, so, would you believe this? <laughs> uh, Mel, it's World Awkward Moment Day today. I love that. World Awkward. Awkward moment. Well, you could say that of your Alex James story. Exactly. Really awkward. How serendipitous. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah, man. So what I've got for you, especially a celebration of life's awkward moments, I've got a top ten countdown of the most awkward situations you can have. I love it, man. At number ten, waving at someone you think you know but it isn't them. Oh, awful. Number nine, that uh, enduring kiss on one cheek or kiss on both cheeks palaver. And then you meet in the middle. Terrible. Yeah, full on mouth snog. At number eight, when people hold a door for you and make you have to run to catch it. Oh, yes, little shuffle. yes, awful. These are great. Number seven, falling asleep on a train and waking up realising you've been dribbling stroke snoring. Lovely. In at I number six, yep. saying goodbye to someone, then it turns out you're walking the same way as that, them. That, my friend, <laughs> is the worst. And you have a really long lift journey oh, together when you've done enormous goodbyes and you don't really like them or indeed know them. Carry on. Yep. <laughs> like Will I Am when you're in the lift with Will I Am. Oof, number five, accidentally hitting the like button when you're stalking someone on Facebook just to have a look. I don't know about that. What's a like button? But anyway, there you carry go. on. Number carry four, on. asking someone in a shop about some clothes and then realising they don't work there. Lovely. Uh, number three, inexplicably turning your ankle in town. Oh. Going over in town. Yes, tripping up is awful. Awful. Yeah, awful. Uh, last awful. two, number two, wearing the same outfit as someone else to a do. I've, I don't think I've ever done that, actually. My friend Jennifer turned up at uh, a wedding uh, wearing, by complete chance, the same outfit as the bridesmaids. <sighs> It looked like she'd been asked, not asked to be a bridesmaid and then got really weird about oh it. Oh, my gosh. Did she have to go and change? She tried to, else? and there was no time, so she was just mortified. Oh, that's embarrassing. And the number one awkward moment of all time... Farting. No. Calling your teacher mum. Oh, Have you ever done that? Yes. So awful. Yes. 
yes, but quite sweet. I called my biology teacher mum once, and it was just, my friends never let me hear the end of it. (laughs) And there you go, that's your ten most horrible, awkward moments. Bush, normally we get three. Today we've had an embarrassment of riches. And And then some. And it's been marvellous. Very, very strong work. Uh, Bush, how's your week been? OMG, Mel, I got engaged. I got engaged. Ding dong. Oh, no, that's hang on. That's the wrong tune. That's ding dong. The witch is dead. That's the wrong (laughs) tune for an engagement. It's um, pull out the stopper. Let's have a whopper. Get me to the church on time. Bush, congrats. Thank you very much. How did the... How did it go? How how did you propose? If you don't mind sharing, no, you can I'd, keep it private if you want to. I'd, well, I'd like to talk about the pitfalls of proposing oh, for chaps. It's very difficult. I, I took the ring up to my girlfriend Katie's family home at Christmas oh. with an eye to proposing then. So this has been three months in, is, in the brewing. Mode. Exactly. Thinking, oh, you know, Christmas proposal, that'd be nice. Maybe Christmas Day, who knows? And she proceeded during the entire fortnight we were there to just absolutely slag off anyone who gets proposed to over Christmas. Look at them getting proposed to on Christmas Day. That's awful. Then in another conversation, she said to me, you'd never propose to me in front of my family, would you? That would be awful. (laughs) I had to hide the ring inside a little sock in the boot of the car. It was was a complete rearguard action. Did you at any point... Let slip that you might... Why did she say that? She must have got wind of your thoughts. Well, here's the thing. I phoned Katie's dad, Peter, to ask permission, okay, before Christmas. Lovely. You, that's very, very good. The you right thing to do. do that. Yeah, my husband did that. It's nice. So yeah. I, I phoned him and I said, I think I'm going to propose to Katie when I'm, I'm up Lovely. in Northumberland. So, Lovely. Great. So we got there and then she started slagging off proposing and I was thinking... <laughs> Peter's told her and she's trying to plant the seed in my mind that she doesn't want to get married because <gasps> why would she be saying it? So I didn't propose over Christmas and then left it for a bit. So This sounds like meet the parents. It is a bit like that to the point where I, then Peter never heard anything else from me. He was expecting me to, you know, pop a champagne cork at Christmas did but he I never ke- did. Did he keep on sort of looking at you significantly across the glasses. room at Christmas as <laughs> yeah. if to say and and now is there an announcement but nothing <gasps> ever happened so he for a long time was thinking that I must have bottled it or I said I asked her and she said no was there any whispering between you and Peter over Christmas no we in, kept in... it completely 100% <gasps> no no contact about it you know radio com silence from that locked point locked it down what yeah. between between then and now yes that is sheer Robert De Niro isn't that unbelievable that is wonderful. So finally I got there in the end anyway. But, oh. And she didn't know what I was talking about when I asked her. She, she said to me, but I don't want any more jewellery. I was like, what? I was like giving her like some kind of Friends Forever bracelet. It's crazy. So this, I didn't get this ring uh, taped to a pack of Royals from one of those peer-end machines. Oh, Bush. So anyway, finally got there and we're engaged. So uh, yeah, get yourselves some new hats. There is so much to talk about in terms of future planning. Okay, Bush. I'd like you to picture me, if you will, with a Britney Spears slash Madonna microphone on. Yeah. I've got a large clipboard <laughs> and I'm wearing a sort of, it's a pantsuit. A pantsuit. A pantsuit. Yeah. I've got foundation on and a low court heel. <laughs> I am your wedding planner. Just give me the deets. What do you want? Well, what, what, are, we, what are we thinking? Uh, what, what time of year, Mel? What do you reckon? When should we get married? When's well, good? How long is the engagement going to be? That's well, what I want to know. It, it might be... Two or three years or something. Oh, that is dull, man. Is that on? Is that not on? Sorry, I can't be doing with that. <laughs> Are you expecting us all to 
sort of keep the excitement up over three years. Actually, when you think about it like that, it's quite bad, isn't it? Mate, that's awful. What's the limit on this, we say in there? A year max. A year max? A year max. Okay. Listen, you can you can get wed within weeks. If you want to, Gretna Green. If that's the way you want to, if that's the way you want to go, I yeah. don't know how Peter's feeling about it. The father-in-law, does he want a quick? You know, I'll pay you, and you just go and do it on your own, sort of thing, to avoid the cost. A drive-through type situation. Well, I think we'll throw a bit of money at it. But if you're talking about a year, then we could do that as well. Do you want to get married in this country, or do you want to get married abroad? I wouldn't want to get married abroad. Good. No. Okay. I don't want to have one of those wedding photos where there's five or six of you in bad hemp suits on a beach, <laughs> sweating cobs. You know those ones? And bare feet. Bare oh, it's feet. awful. So your horrible, gnarly GB feet are out <laughs> in some sort of Barbasian sand. Yeah. Oh. No, you're right. No, terrible. With, with terrible. one of those cut-off collarless shirts just sweating in the sunshine in the midday. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm totally with you. I think Good. those suck, those weddings. They're awful. So, not doing that. Do you want a sort of cottagey, um, you know, Richard Courtesy type stone Saxon, <laughs> you know, wedding in the middle of the country? Well, maybe that might be quite nice. I like quite that. Sweet. Um, do, what about fancy dress weddings? What are your view on those? Nice. Star Wars wedding. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Bush. Think of all the nylon. That's a good point. I don't actually. I wouldn't want to see my uncle Phil turn up at a wedding dressed as R two D two, and your auntie as Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, good noise! Satisfying. Very satisfying. (laughs) Hello, dear. Hello, I'm James Mason. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hello there, James Mason. Now, oh, this is strong, Bush. If you could make the seven wonders of the world into eight, what would the eighth one be? Well, in the 80s, the eighth wonder was Patsy Kensett. <laughs> that was the name of her band. Is that right? Yes, I used to love eighth wonder. She was in a band? Patsy Kens, yeah. I had no idea she was in a band. Yeah, man, eighth wonder. Was she in a band before she did films, or was she in films and then thought, I know, I'll do a band? That's interesting. I think they were sort of um, together. At the same time? They were parallel, yeah. Was she playing an instrument or just doing singing? Singy, singy. Wow-wee. Yeah. yeah. You are like the Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> you are? Do you remember when you used to have an encyclopedia oh, at home? I, w- I wish for those days. I did in different volumes, Bush. Yeah. So A to C, C to E, da, 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 and so on and so forth. So if you yes. needed to know about a frog's blanket, you would go... Go and, and look in the encyclopedia. Yeah. Matey, surely those days will be nigh upon us again. Surely. When the internet finally breaks. Because, you know, who's putting stuff forward at the internet in the internet that you're choosing first? At least exactly. you knew where you stood with the Encyclopedia Britannica. Exactly. When the oil runs out, mm-hmm. and it is a question of when, not if, when <laughs> the oil runs out, we will all close down everything and go back to encyclopedias. And that's Mel's pitch for her post-apocalyptic TV show, soon to be on Netflix. <laughs> there won't be TV, mate. There won't be TV. We'll be mummers. We'll be mummers <laughs> travelling from village to village in a cart. Listen, Bush, back to the question. If you could make the seven wonders into eight, what would the eighth one be? The eighth wonder would be the uh, once-in-a-lifetime shop in Devon called Trago Mills. Oh. Legendary shop, very weird. You'd only get it in Devon. And uh, we used to go to it every weekend when I lived down there. And anyone who's been through Devon, a lot of the times they end up stopping off at Trago Mills. Is it crystals and stuff? It's all sorts. You could buy... If you went to Trago Mills and had a look around, you could come out with a bullwhip, a gum guard... 
and uh, a pair of trousers and a pair of trousers. Oh, I love it. And then when you've done that, you can go and have a look at the peacocks because they've got loads of peacocks outside. Oh, uh, no and is there a cafe? Cafe, mini railway, and there used to be a thing called Cinema Two Thousand, which was just a big inflated dome. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Cinema Two Thousand, and you'd stand there, and they'd show you a camera on the front of a roller coaster, and you'd nearly fall over. It's amazing. It's where, where the closest about? you get to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. It's, I know one of those, Latham's in um, Potter Hyam. Oh, really? So, yeah. In Suffolk. In Norfolk, sorry. Some kind Norfolk. of strange old owner. I love it. Idiosyncrasies love left, it. right and yeah. centre. You can buy knitting needles and Kendall Mint Cake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And a dress. <laughs> yeah. You can get all of that at Latham's. All of those things. <gasps> a magic set and a bean bag. Yeah. And, and a house. They probably do a sort of... They've got an estate agency attached. Totally. And, and, and a really realistic-looking starter pistol that looks like an AK-47. <laughs> and a water slide. Yes. And compost. Everything all under one roof and some strange collection of animals. I'm, I'm so with you. You go Trago Mills and I'll go Latham's. That is our eighth wonder. Boom. Sorted. LG on magic. It's time, my friends, she says, as she reaches into her crepe bag... For a pair of glasses on chains and a tweed cape. It's time for Tell Mel. You can literally ask me anything, but don't expect me to give you a soft soap. Let it commence. Hey Mel, it's Jack. I've decided that I want to make a pie this weekend. Open to suggestions. What type? Jack, there is only one answer to this. It is spring. Spring has sprung. You go out, you get Bramley apples, you get cookers, you make yourself a large apple spring pie with cinnamon. Next. Hey Mel, it's Lucy. So my other half makes terrible tea. It always has too much milk, it tastes weak, and I know this as a northerner. Please set him straight on what the perfect cup of tea should be like. Lucy, I'm going to go several steps further than that and say, ditch him. You, you can't live with somebody that does not make a proper cup of tea, which is, for my money, in a white porcelain cup so that you get the lovely brownness contrasting with the colour. You also have a Yorkshire-based tea bag, yes, and you let it stew and sit and brew within the aforementioned cup, and then you have a merest whiff of milk, a nuage, as they say in French, of milk. Nothing else will do, Lucy. Let him go. Next. Hey, Mel, it's Sarah. My partner refuses to throw out any charger for any device we've ever bought over the last 10 years, which means we currently have a kitchen drawer or a man drawer rammed with wires. Do I have Mel permission to chuck them all out tonight? Sarah, see the notes from above to Lucy. The man drawer, yeah, you can get rid of it. It'll only be refilled again. You get rid of the boyfriend, Sarah, immediately. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Hear more larks. Oh, I love larks. Larks and bants like that every Saturday lunchtime from one on magic. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast. <laughs>